0: Glory to God and we bless the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that it is by the grace that we are able to speak and to minister unto you from where wherever you are listening from. This is Pastor Dennis Mato, Freedom Exchange Ministry, Kampala, Uganda. And we are here with our wonderful program, the Freedom Streams. the Freedom Streams program, we know that Just like the streams of living water, we are flowing out the word of freedom, the word of liberty, freedom that comes by the experiential knowledge of the truth. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth and the subjective truth will set you free, will liberate you, will bring you unto freedom. So when you experience freedom, then you have got to live in that and then you uh, grow in that until you express it then you dispense it to others so it becomes like rivers of living water so this is why we named this program the freedom streams whereby we flow the living word of God to you wherever you are able to listen to it from God bless you and uh, I want to encourage you to always visit our website at freedomexperienceministry.org all you can get our Application Freedom Experience app. Lord bless you. So, we are talking about the work of God in the New Testament. And I want to start right away. Previously, we have been seeing what God was doing in the New Testament. We saw that God has been busy doing something. And we need to know, what was God really doing? We, we always know about Christ. We don't know that the Father was in His Son carrying out His work. Not until Jesus said in John 5.17 My father works until now. So he is a working God and he did some great work even in the New Testament. We have been seeing up to eight uh, different works that Jesus was God in Christ was working and even God was carrying out. We are going to continue to our eighth work which is Uh, Number 8 work was Forsaking Christ economically When he was judging Christ As our substitute Made sin for us And bearing our sins Now something happened And this was also God at work In his work He reached a time whereby he forsook Christ Economically In other words when I say economically I mean that in ministry In activity In carrying out work there is a point whereby God the Father forsook Christ economically, not essentially, because He was God inside Him. But when it came to come to the work of the cross, God the Father did not participate because He was now to sit as a judge to judge God the Son. Praise the name of Jesus. So He forsook Christ economically when He was judging Christ because He had to judge Christ as our substitute. He, you see, he made him sin for us, bearing our sins. So we see that when God was judging Christ as our substitute, made sin for us, Christ was made sin for us, bearing our sins, God forsook Christ economically. And regarding this, we have Matthew chapter 27, verse 45 and verse 46 that say that now from the sixth hour. Darkness came over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Lama, sabachthani. That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So, the sixth hour is, is today, our 12 o'clock, midday. That is in the midday. And the ninth hour today is the 3 at 3 p.m. Right? So the Lord Jesus was crucified at the third hour, that is at 9 in the morning. Jesus was crucified. So when you find, uh, you can find that in Mark 15, verses 25. And he suffered on the cross for six good hours. Now, in the first three hours, he was persecuted by men for doing God's will. Why are you doing God's will? They persecuted him. Now, in the last three hours, he was judged by God the accomplishment of our redemption glory to God now during that time God counted him as our suffering our substitute for sin Isaiah 53 verse 10 reads and shows us what exactly Jesus had come to do the Bible says in Isaiah 53 verses we are going to read verses uh, Verses 10 But you can read from verse, these um, Verses from 3 and onwards But verse 10 says that Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him He has put him to grief When thou shalt make his soul An offering for sin He shall see his seed He shall prolong his days And the pleasure of the Lord Shall prosper in his hand So It pleased God to bruise Like to punish him he was to die for our sins. He was now made our substitute. So darkness came over all the land because our sin and sins and and all the sins and all the negative things we had dealt with there on the cross and God forsook him because of our sin. God forsook Christ on the cross because he took the place of sinners. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.18 took our place he, now the, he, he was bearing our sin just as 1 Peter 2.24 reads the Bible says in 1 Peter um, uh, 1 Peter 3.18 and even 1 Peter 2 there are some incidences that bring out something the Bible says in 1 Peter 3.18 for Christ also has once suffered for sins a just for the unjust That he might bring us to God Being put to death in the flesh But quickened by the spirit Praise the name of Jesus When you read First Peter chapter 2 And you come to verses 24 The Bible says that Who his own self Who his own self Bear our sins in his own body On that tree that we, we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Glory to God, even when you read Isaiah 53, verse 6. So he went on, He was made sin for us. Remember, Second Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 21, whereby the Bible says that He who knew no sins, the Bible says that for He has made to be seen for us he who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him so this means that God judged him as our substitute for our sins now in the sight of God Christ became a great sinner in that God even took him and because Christ was our substitute and was even seen the sight of God, God had to judge him and even forsook him. That's why He said, Why have you forsaken me? Now, according to the four Gospels, we see that the Lord Jesus Christ was on the cross for six hours. And during the first three hours, you have seen that men did many unrighteous things, unrighteous things unto Him. They persecuted Him, they mocked Him. You see? Now, in the first three hours, the Lord suffered man's unrighteous treatment. All those things we are going to be ours. But we see that at the sixth hour, it is 12 noon, God came in and there was darkness because He was now judging Christ. There was darkness all over the, the land until the ninth hour, until three o'clock in the afternoon. Now we see that the coming of darkness was God's doing. He brought that darkness. And in the midst of it, we see that the Lord cried out the words that are quoted in Matthew 27 46 why have you forsaken me my God my God And when the Lord was suffering the persecution of man God was with him because he's always with us when we are pers- going through persecution God enjoyed the presence and Christ enjoyed the presence of God and he was that's why they beat him he's not speaking anything they spit on him he's not like he's, he kept his peace but at the end of the first three hours God forsook him and darkness came That was unable to tolerate This is why the Lord shouted My God, my God Why have you forsaken me? And as we have pointed out God, God forsook him And the reason is that Because he was our substitute Bearing our sin And God who is holy and righteous Could not stand Jesus at that moment. Glory to God. So when we go back to the book of Isaiah chapter 53, you see that it reveals that this was the time God put our sins on him. All this while he has been a son of God and when he was on the cross God carried every sin and sins and put on Christ. Then God had run away and to forsake him. It is so amazing. So in these three hours, from 12 of noon to 3 o'clock, we see that in the afternoon, the righteous God put all our sins upon this substitute and then judged him righteously for our sins. Glory to God. And this makes us to love God, to love Christ because of what he has done for us. So God forsook him because during these hours, he was a sinner. They are on the cross like the, the other sinners he was even made sin so we see that one of the on the one hand the Lord bore our sins and on the other hand he was made sin for us that means that uh, according to God's righteousness God judged him and even forsook him economically so the Lord was born of the begotten spirit remember he is God God reaching man as the divine essence, praise the name of Jesus, who never left him essentially. In other words, because he was born of the Spirit, this God-reaching man, he did not like desert him. That inside, the Spirit God was not there. That was essential. He never left him essentially, but he left him economically. Like For example, sometimes you pass, we pass through situations and as you pass through that situation, you feel as if God is not there. You don't, he is not even speaking, not even a sign that proves that God is there. Yet in that dark time it is still in your spirit essentially. At this time you feel like you are struggling in ministry you are struggling, everything is hard, half, everything is dark and you feel like God is not there. You begin to question yourself. It doesn't mean that he has even forsaken your spirit inside you essentially. He remains there. He never leaves. Never leaves. Now this makes us to come to an understanding because most of the Christians and even some preachers, they say, Oh, when you sin, a spirit will leave you. And when the Holy Spirit leaves you, ah, you are done the Holy Spirit has left you. But I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit never leaves. If the Spirit did not leave Jesus Christ on the cross, the Bible says God was with him, essentially. But economically, had forsaken him. If the Spirit does not depart, if God did not depart, essentially, he remained with Jesus Christ inside him, essentially. But forsook him economically, outside him. Why do you say that when a person sins, Holy Spirit leaves him Holy Spirit does not leave because of that If God never forsook Christ essentially On the cross Although he had forsaken him Economically I believe by this time you know what I mean I told you that economically is when God Is outside upon you As the spirit that is working Miracle signs and wonders And carrying out ministry That is the spirit upon you The same spirit is also essentially in you in your spirit when you get saved. The spirit first enters as an essential spirit, and this essential spirit is necessary for your life, for your living out the Christian life. Praise the name of Jesus, that's why we call him essential spirit. Important that he cannot, like, you cannot live without him. This is a principle. Praise the name of Jesus. Fundamental. The spirit is in you. So even when Christ was on the cross, he says, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because we have been doing ministry together. We have been healing together. And now there's no even power on me. There is no even grace in me. You see, I can't even sense your presence. like It is on me. He says, why have you forsaken me? And I've told you that the Lord is, God did not forsake him because Christ was begat by the spirit and he is God reaching out to man. He has the divine essence. That means that the spirit God never left him essentially. He left him economically. That one I believe I've explained it well. So, when he was on the cross crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He still had the begotting spirit, the spirit that gave birth to him. Just like us, when we are passing through these hard times, like you feel like God is not there. The one who used to speak to you is not speaking. And you don't even dream, you don't even see visions. Nothing of God as you are passing through your valley of shadow of death. And you say, where is God? fast, you call him, you don't feel even anything. It doesn't mean that the spirit that begat you has forsaken you. Inside you, the spirit is there. And is silent because economically outward and outside you don't see him. Praise the name of Jesus. But he never leaves. God in the in this indispensable sense he does not like leave us. When we receive him in Cannot be given out or dispensed elsewhere and says, Ah, uh, he has forsaken him. Let us try to come to such a realization. So, this is uh, how Jesus felt. See? But the question would be that if God had left him, who left him because we have seen that uh, he never leaves, then who left him? The answer is simple it was the anointing spirit anointing spirit that is God in the economical sense becomes the anointing spirit so when a person says uh, and uh, God left him in the actual sense God does not leave, but the anointing and that sense of the presence lives, disappears you see so in other words it was through the, the anointing spirit whereby Christ was always presenting this God is presented himself at uh, the anointing spirit. Presented himself as um, that God, that God man that was in ministry with Jesus Christ. The anointing spirit was the one that was upon him, and God was in motion because anointing is when the spirit is in motion, doing something. So he felt that that that, that anointing spirit left him. That was God in the economical sense. God has power to help him to carry out ministry. Praise the name of Jesus. So, we have read Hebrews chapter 9 verses 14 that God himself became the all-inclusive sacrifice to God. Christ himself was like his own bladder to become a sacrifice to God. So, the question is who left him who left him economically was this anointing spirit and was this odd in economical sense and after God accepted Christ as the all inclusive offering then the anointing spirit left him because the sacrifice has been paid so he has been judged But we have seen that although the anointing spirit left him economically, the Lord still had the begetting spirit, basically. so Inside us, we have the spirit that begets us, that begets us, which is the spirit that gave birth to us again. That spirit never leaves us. It never left Christ even when he was in those dark moments. Praise the name of Jesus. So when the Lord Jesus, the God man, died on the cross, under God's judgment. He had God within him essentially as his divine being. Nevertheless, we see that he was forsaken by the righteous and judging God economically. Now, this is mature teaching that you need to see with your eyes of, of revelation. Because you argue and urge you and say no, God was not in Christ when he was dying unless you have not come to a certain level of realizing word of God we shall proceed with our ninth work God the Father was in the New Testament carrying out his work number nine condemning sin in the flesh through the death of Christ in the flesh so God went on to do his work as part of his work in his new administrative arrangement all new administrative administrative your economy God was condemning sin in the flesh through the death of Christ in the flesh when Christ died in the flesh God condemned sin in the flesh that means that sin is already condemned and it has no dominion over us so concerning this when you read Romans chapter 8 verse 3 the Bible says that for the law being impossible in that it was weak, through the flesh God sending his own son In the likeness of the flesh of sin And concerning sin He condemned sin in the flesh so Here we see that God Sent his own son In the likeness of the flesh of sin And concerning sin He had to condemn sin in the flesh So God solved the problem of sin By sending his own son To be in the likeness of the flesh of sin I told you previously I believe in the previous two episodes back I talked about the likeness of sin that the, Christ was in the that flesh which is in the likeness of, of sin yet he did not participate in the sin of the flesh so Christ became flesh that is when John 1.14 says and the word became flesh but he was only in the likeness of the flesh of sin there was no sin in his flesh we talked about that he had only the likeness of the flesh of sin, not the sinful nature of the flesh of sin and I gave you a clear example uh, that that is an example of a brass serpent that was made by Moses it was a brass serpent in form and the likeness of a serpent but it did not carry the poison of the serpent for it it was not biting it had no poison. So the same applies to Christ He was in the likeness of the flesh But did not have the poison Of sin in him Praise the name of Jesus So, This phrase the likeness of the flesh of sin Contains three Important words Number one likeness Then flesh and then sin So the likeness of the flesh Of sin is a full complete Statement with three words There is likeness flesh And sin and we cannot say that... Flesh of sin... No... It is going to be like half truth... Half statement... We will not say... Uh, the the likeness... Of, of the flesh... Then without... Of sin... See... So... We see that Paul adds on... And says that... In the likeness... This indicates that... In Christ's human nature... There was no sin Even though that That nature did bear the likeness The appearance of the flesh of sin It was like our flesh But it it didn't have any sin in it And Paul does not say that God sent his son In the likeness of the flesh And stopped there He says in the likeness of the flesh of sin Now the word here likeness Means strongly that Christ's humanity does not have sin, but still that his humanity was in some way related to sin. I hope you understand. So, we see that in doing the work of condemning sin in the flesh through the death of Christ in the flesh, God was so wise. He knew that he should not send his son to be the flesh of sin. If Jesus had, had done, if God had done that and his son would have been Involved with the sin, I told you that uh, he was wise enough, he knew how sin can be in the flesh. When the DNA of a man joins with the, the woman, that is going to be a carrier of sin, sin of Adam to another generation. So that's why Jesus is begotten by God, not by man. So he has a flesh. When you look unto it, it is like any other flesh, but for it, it does not carry sin because the Father is different. The Father does not originate from Adam. Glory to God. The Father is God Himself. Hallelujah. So, God sent His own Son in the likeness of the flesh of sin, as typified by that brass serpent lifted up by Moses in the wilderness. We talked about that in Numbers 21, verses 9. Praise the name of Jesus. And Jesus. Eman mentioned himself in John 3.14. It's just like it was in uh, the serpent was in the wilderness on the tree. The son of God the son of man is going to be uh, raised on the cross. So he knew. When Jesus on the cross was on the cross in the sight of God he was in the form of the serpent that didn't carry the poison. You know that Satan is the serpent and Sin is the, that poison that was injected into man's body, transmuting man's body to become flesh of sin, put on the nature of Satan. That's why we say that sin is the personification of Satan in our body. When the body was injected with the sin, poison of sin, from the serpent, that the Satan, the old serpent, when he injected his poison into our bodies our bodies were transmuted we are changed to become flesh. In the beginning body was not flesh. Flesh is the fallen body that is now injected with the sin nature of Satan. I hope you understand. So the flesh of sin actually means the flesh with the nature of Satan. All of us we have that flesh because the body is already fallen. So in our body there is that, that flesh a nature of sin. The nature of Satan. So the Bible says that Jesus, the Son of God, became flesh. However, this does not mean that Jesus became the flesh with the nature of Satan. No. Why? Because Romans 8.3 has said that God sent him in the likeness, the word likeness is important, of the flesh of sin. He had a, a, a body, a flesh like ours like ours but not exactly ours because it did not carry sin in it so it indicates that Christ assumed only the likeness of the flesh of sin not the sinful nature of the flesh of sin glory to God so I trust God that someone there is seeing uh, this wonderful vision that is in the scriptures. And I want to conclude. But I want us to uh, to check ourselves. Where we have been coming from. Uh, recently we talked about. He passed through death in the sun. And we saw that God was in the sun. Even when he died. We have also seen today. That he forsook him economically. He was judging him. See. And we have explained with enough explanation to show you that well as forsook him economically, he was with him essentially. Cause God never leaves. And this should encourage someone. There are some people that think when I sinned that time, God forsook me. Now I'm empty, I'm useless and they are for, for like given up on showing and even in themselves, unto that call and that ministry, you should be with this revelation that it can be like he can forsake you economically, in that you don't even have that anointing, that power. See, you feel that emptiness, nothing like a clear sign that is with you. But as you, if you are born again, a child of God, spirit of God essentially is in your spirit, begat you cannot forsake you so same applies to Jesus he says my God my God why have you forsaken me because there was no that anointing spirit that God in motion praise the name of Jesus but essentially it was with him but he had to judge him so he had to forsake him from outside praise the name of Jesus so I believe I can stop here we shall continue next time in the name of Jesus the Lord Bless you. This is Pastor Dennis at of Freedom Experience Ministry. Bye bye.